Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all this month, we are learning from some incredibly smart people who are going to help us deal with something that's also incredibly important to us, and that is our money and how we all manage it to our hopefully betterment. And so my guest today has an amazing background. I think I have so many questions to ask her already. So Hillary Hendershot is the founder of Hendershot Wealth Management, which is a leading financial advisory and wealth coaching firm for women. And her mission is to motivate women and their loved ones to be financially empowered and to thrive, not just to survive, but to thrive. Her wealth coaching programs have enabled participants to take control of their money, learn healthy financial habits, as we know, we can all have some unhealthy ones, and to grow their individual wealth by millions of dollars. She's also the host of, get this, Profit Boss Radio, which I love the name of it, which is a weekly financial podcast where she and her guests offer women inspiration from their finances, as well as actionable advice. And, you know, if we can be inspired by our finances, that's something to take home. (laughs) She's also, get this, a TEDx speaker, has been featured in Wall Street Journal, NBC, ABC, Fox, Daily Worth, Forbes, and Investopedia. So basically, she's just not got enough time on her hands. And if that wasn't enough, she's been recognized as top 40 under 40 entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley in 2018, 2019, and 2020, which means that she's still under 40, and I'm much older than her. And uh, in 20, she was also named by Investopedia as one of the 100 top 100 most influential advisors in the U.S. Wow, I don't think there's enough ways that we can talk about all the credentials behind her. So I know she's going to have some great advice. Hillary, thank you so much for joining us today. Gosh, thank you for reading that whole bio. I'm blown away. <laughs> I know you listen to it. You're like, I am amazing. <laughs> Clarify though, I am actually over 40. I only won the 40 under 40 one time, oh. but it was when I was under 40, but I'm over 40 now. <laughs> okay. I didn't want any misunderstandings out there. Well, that's true. You know what? With those numbers, you could absolutely be over 40. Well, welcome to that. Even though I'm not into that club any longer, I'm out of that club and on to the next one. <laughs> Never, never the mind. Age is but a number. See, now I can be in the top 60 under 60. <laughs> oh yeah, girl. That's a big, yeah, that's a, that's a fierce competition. I got many more years before I hit 60. So I'm in good shape. You can run every year. <laughs> exactly. Who's going to run against me for crying out loud? Uh Hillary, you have, you have a great uh, resume and I love the fact that you are focused on women and financial empowerment with them. So tell us a little bit more about in your own words about you and your business and how you help those clients to shock their potential. Yeah, you bet. So uh, many years ago, I was a certified financial planner at night. I was working in my father's firm. So I was working with his high net worth clients. So I'm an 
advising uh, multimillionaires how to build investment portfolios. And I would come home at night to a stack of bills that I would not open because I could not pay them. So uh. I, yeah. I was a person with a degree in economics. Like I said, I was a certified financial planner, yet I couldn't do the basic arithmetic of, well, if you can't pay off the credit card bill, don't spend that, right? I I got myself into a financial crisis. I literally ran out of money, maxed out my credit cards, had to walk home from the gas station because I couldn't get it by a tank of gas. And on that painful, shameful walk home, and I literally was, I'm, I'm making light of it now, but I really felt like, wow, this is, my parents did me the honor of paying for me to complete a degree in economics. And I have done this with my life. Like I'm really like the worst kind of person in society. And so I just really decided, I said, you know, I can see how my life is going to go. If I continue to do these things with money, if I continue to overspend, I have financial emergencies. I have massive debt. I pay a ton of interest fees. I actually, throughout the process lost, uh, I I allowed a condo to go into foreclosure. So I lost Mm. that. But before that, I had one of those mortgages. I actually took one of those mortgages that where the principal balance went up every month. It was oh. called a pick a pay or an option arm. Yeah, no one should have had a loan like that, let alone me. Oh. But of course, I would have borrowed any dollar you or anyone else would have given me at that time. And I just said, you know, I looked around and I said, what's the difference between me and the people I see around me who are actually growing their wealth? It's not smart. Like I'm a smart woman. It's 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 my behavior. I'm behaving mm. with money in ways that creates this result. And so behavior comes from psychology. And mm-hmm. what I did was I set about to become an expert in money psychology. And I, I figured out the root of my problem that I had this money belief that came from when I was a child. I unwound all of those behaviors along the way. My business started to thrive and grow. And I, I rebuilt the investment accounts and the retirement accounts. I paid off all the debt. And around the time I achieved financial independence, which means I now work because I want to, not because I have to, I looked Mm -hmm. back and I said, you know what, if I can unravel this for people and teach it, I can really make a difference on the planet. And so that's what I set out to do. So we offer, we offer traditional financial planning, but then of course we offer this coaching program for people, entrepreneurs who really just can't make sense of their money. And we always talk about money, like, or excuse me, business, like it's this path to freedom. And of course, wealth. that's really in the unsaid, so exciting to have a business and have business success. Right. But then mm-hmm. most business owners never talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So that's yeah. what we do is help people really get a, get a grasp on that conversation. Hillary, your honesty is um, really inspiring because it's really easy to want to convey a sense of, I've got it all together. You know, especially when you are working in a field where your reality is diametrically opposed to what you're saying. And I bet everyone can listen, everyone listening can relate to this in some, some way, because there's always some part of our life that, you know, even the, the, you know, Instagram world that it looks perfect on, you know, but it took 147 shots to get that perfect shot of you being exactly natural. Right. (laughs) Right. But the reality of it is, is we're all a little messy inside. And when we can acknowledge that it, it helps us not only to break down barriers with others, but I think it allows ourselves to forgive ourselves as well. 
It does. And I'll be honest, when I started telling that story publicly, you know, I would be standing on stages and sharing that story. And I would be saying to myself, Hillary, what are you doing? These people are Mm going to lose all faith in you here. You hold yourself out to be a financial advisor. You can't even advise yourself, let alone other people. Right. And, um, I'll tell you that along the way, I was able to sort of walk through the eye of that needle. I, I let that shame go. That story no longer has any hold on me. I'll tell it in any room to anyone who will listen, because no matter where I am, it sets people free. So thanks for acknowledging Mm -hmm. that. Thanks for hearing that. Yeah, it's so important. You know, when the pandemic hit um, last year, this time last year, I, um, with my business, uh, 95% of my business income was dependent on me getting on an airplane to go speak and train somewhere. And I knew before that, that that wasn't a good idea. But, you know, when things are rolling, you know, you roll with it. So overnight, nothing, like everything stopped and my business had zero income. And I was, I was telling this story, but I was also telling it through something on LinkedIn. And I was saying, you know, so this is my, you know, whatever, come to Jesus moment or whatever. And, you know, and I have to acknowledge that I made a mistake in building my business this way. And I had a good speaker friend of mine call me and say, are you crazy? Why would you put that out there? people look at you as if you know what you're doing and you just told them that you didn't. And I said, yeah, so. Right. <laughs> I'm just calling a spade a spade. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I had that same thing, like, oh my God, I am going to put this out there. But until I put it out there, I couldn't move past it. You know, yeah. I needed to get over my, my hurt and feeling with that and let it go too. So I can imagine that while you were saying, I can't believe I'm on stage talking and saying this, that probably every single person in that room, or at least the vast majority is like, oh, wow, I've been there. Oh, wow. I've, I've felt that. I felt that pain, that fear, that trepidation. And that should, that can really break down barriers for people. It can. The most common thing that happens after I step off of a stage is people line up 10 deep to tell me their whole money story, right? So it's my vulnerability invites theirs and it's really a special place. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So when people come to work with you, you know, from this coaching standpoint, especially, you know, when they come, are they like, okay, I'm ready, let's go? Or are they like, okay, I think I want to do this. I'm pretty (laughs) sure I want to do this, but I'm not 100%. Like, what do you get the mix of all that? What, What are the things they're feeling when they finally say, okay, I'm ready to do something about this? Yeah. People can be in one of a number of places about money. So for entrepreneurs, you know, for example, some people are running on the treadmill for years and years and years and years, and they're just never building wealth and they can't figure Mm -hmm. out why, but because they're so busy getting through the day to day, they're not really thinking about it. And when I speak and I say to them, look, it's going to take X amount of dollars for you to ever stop working. Are you on your path to financial independence? If not, let's take a hard stop right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because we all have the same amount of time in life. You can spend your time building wealth or you can spend your time on that treadmill. And so, you know, a lot of people come in and they say, okay, I don't know what I've been doing wrong. I know it has something to do with my relationship to money, but they Mm -hmm. are really willing to do, to do the things. Right. And then there are the people who they come in and, you know, bless them. They spend, you know, a a good amount of the beginning of our time together, just in tears, (laughs) It's just like a massive breakdown about how money has always been for them and how it started with their parents usually and throughout their lives. And, and it, and they have to get through that upset and that hurt in order to write a different story about money. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And then there are people who uh, typically are sort of creative types who just have a different language that they use about money. And when they look out into the world, especially the language of the media and Wall Street, they don't hear themselves reflected. They don't oh, yeah. understand that kind of vocabulary. And so they kind of step, they, they eschew it for the most of their lives. And then when they hear me and how I talk about money, they often say to me, I have never heard someone speak about money the way you do. I've never heard myself reflected in some coaches or teachers language about money and whatever you're, whatever you're offering, I want to, I want to move forward with money. And I know kind of that I, you're where I need to be right now. And so, you know, I have a lot of space for wherever people begin. Um, but everyone who comes to me is struggling in some way in their relationship with money. And of course, when you own a business, you basically take your money beliefs and you throw them on the wall, sort of splat. And that's, that's what your business is, right? Because oh, yeah. that's the only thing you know how to create. And oh, yeah. so through, through a combination of, of coaching tactics, we, we really transform that for people. I mean, we had nine folks go through my coaching program two years ago, and in 24 months, we produced a $1.5 million difference in their net worth. Wow. It was, it was huge. It was massive, oh, right? It's very is. fulfilling to, to say, you know, I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. We're making women wealthy and we have men in our program too. So it's mm -hmm. not, not to the exclusion of men, but it works. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, it's interesting how many different people I have on in all of our series that work a lot with women. And, you know, I, I think everybody's always of the mindset that, you know, you're not trying to paint everybody with the same paintbrush. You're not trying to paint all women with the same paintbrush or say we're always that much different than men. But I mean, to be, to be honest, we know that we tend to have some more hangups when it comes to money for whatever reason, in lots of reasons, but we have it. And as you were talking about, you know, maybe speaking in a different language, I was thinking about a um, woman I had on the podcast in uh, January and <clears throat> her name is uh, um, Heather Dominic. And she works with people that are considered, she calls them highly sensitive entrepreneurs. And so she has this little quiz on her, her website and I took it right before I was interviewing her. And so it asks you all these questions about, you know, everything and not just sensitive, like you get your feelings hurt, but, you know, are you sensitive to other sounds? Are you sensitive to, you know, environments and rooms? And, and um, it was so interesting because she has this spectrum of where people are and like, right as we were starting, she goes, well, what were your results? I said, I don't know. I just got them emailed to me. She's like, open them up. I said, says I'm a super uber, highly sensitive. She's like, oh my God, you're me. And <laughs> I went, well, what's that mean? But as, as I have listened to her things, it's had, it's allowed me to have a different language to talk about myself. And as I was hearing you talk about that, I think it's so aligned that maybe some of those highly sensitive people are also people that have, that would really appreciate your money language because that it's, there are some people that just interact with the world differently and, and the, the norms of things, you know, for me, I don't like, I'm just actually starting to enjoy watching Kramer, you know, on mad money because he's crazy enough to make me actually interested in the stock market. But other than that, I'm like, oh, I can't oh, talk about Jim Kramer. Oh, Jim Kramer. What did I say? You oh yeah. Kramer. Kramer. Yeah, I just Kramer. Wasn't sure. I just called him Kramer. Oh. yeah. Jim Kramer. Oh, yeah. Cause watch Jim Kramer. <laughs> well, I just like him because <laughs> he's crazy. He's a felon. Isn't, <gasps> isn't he a known criminal? I have no idea, but he, he makes me very energetic. He's very energetic and he makes me not intimidated by the stock market. So oh, I guess my right? whole, yeah. So my whole long convoluted story is I love the fact that you're, you're providing ways for people who are creative minded or maybe not 
um, engaging in my, in money talks can, can understand that there are different dialogues to have with different people. Yeah. You know, the language of wall street is very ego based, very competition, win, lose zero sum yeah. game, right. It's all about more profit and women to touch on what you said, you know, we, we tend to have more issues about money. We're not necessarily attracted to that dialogue. It doesn't, right. and it doesn't have to be that way, you know, growing, we can grow wealth in the context of love and fulfillment and being influential and powerful and being, you know, a fulfilled human being on the planet. It doesn't have to be the way Hollywood and the media present it. And I sort of rail against the media all the time because, you know, there's so much printed about the economy and money in, in the media that just flat out isn't true and not just printed, mm -hmm. but said out loud. Right. And it leads people astray. It leads people to these, to wondering, well, well, is it true that money is the root of all evil? If I'm a good virtuous person? Do I need to reject money or wealth in my life? And mm -hmm. I am a wholehearted no on that, yeah. that the universe wants you to be rich. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That they're not going to start, stop growing the amount of money on the planet anytime soon. So you can definitely have your fair share. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and that you should be taken care of and have, you know, enough, you should have enough or abundance, whatever that word is for you. Uh, you know, we, we, I often call it financial independence, but mm -hmm. that whatever that number is for you, there's enough for you to have that and for everyone else too, as well. Yeah. And if you want to continue to draw in more and want to share more, even better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, in my life, I've taken the position, well, I have enough. I'm going to continue to earn more while I make sure other people have enough. Right. Right? And we're really transforming people's lives through that channel because money is a fundamental area of human concern. It isn't, I tell people in my coaching program, I don't actually really care about your money. What I care about is your freedom, your dignity, your freedom of choice, your ability to be, to be generous, to be adventurous in life. It's those things that I care about your happiness yeah. really, because without money to do with which, what you want, some of that is restricted. And in fact, some of it's impossible. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, so, you know, as you go through this, I'm assuming you help people, <clears throat> I think, you know, a lot of people think probably they know what they want, but until you really have sit down and, and dissect, well, what does it mean to, to feel that financial independence or to have that financial freedom? Do you go through that process with them, helping them to define what they truly want if they don't know it when they walk in the door? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, Wow. That, I guess I wasn't really prepared for that question. Let me think. Yes. <laughs> I and I try to, there. yeah, I try to be uninfluential. In other words, the process of coaching is all about starting with goals, right? So mm -hmm. the client has to say, well, this is my vision and we can mm -hmm. certainly help you be in a situation or create an environment in which you feel free to dream and declare and set goals. And, you know, a lot of people sort of run around like the life I actually want is not possible. And so mm -hmm. inside that context, they're not going to dream big, um, right. but, but part, you know, sitting down and, and really allowing yourself space to dream about the future is, is that articulation. And, and, you know, I take the position with my clients and with my team, look, it's their money. They get to do, it's their life. They get to do yep. what they want with it, right? Um, of course, some of it has to look universal. There's a there's a systemic nature to how we manage money in this country and in the, on the planet. So you know your bank account balance is going to look maybe identical to someone else's, but you're going to have a very different life, and that should be customized to you. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Hillary, and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map. 
or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Hillary Hendershot, and we are talking about so many things that I think really come down to people um, embracing that they can control their money and that they can control their you know, money dialogues and their money futures. So everybody this month, all my guests, I've been asking you know, to share a couple top tips so that each of us can you know, learn a couple lessons from you that maybe your clients get to uh, have the joy of learning when they work with you. So what are some of the thoughts that you have that you can share with us? Yeah. So when I looked back at my own money journey, I said, let's create a simple framework for people to remember and that they can learn and implement in their own lives. So I'm going to walk you through my seven steps to wealth framework and just know that you're listening to this, that the transformation really occurs as you embody each of these steps. So listening to it may not make a huge difference, but now you know it. And then the question is, where are you going to go implement that in your life? And when I look back, what I did see is that the very first thing I did was I literally decided, I said to myself, enough of this, whatever I'm doing about money, it's not working. I'm going to be willing to take different actions. Cause that's, that's a vulnerable place in life. It's like yeah. I, what I've been doing hasn't been working. Let's do something new. So that's the decision. And then, and then the second step is speak. So I really mm. invite you to take a catalog of the things that you believe and say about money. What are the words that you use to describe money? What's money's true nature? What do you think about when you see rich people? What do you think about when you see poor people? What is your description of money that you're, what, what, what did your parents say about money that you took on? Or maybe you find yourself in rejection of, right? So you'll often find yourself either in your parents' money mindset, what I call your money operating system, or in rejection too. So for example, um, you maybe your parents said you have to work hard for money and you wanted, you became a starving artist because you're just not going to work hard, right? That's just an example. <laughs> I'll the show third. them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we really do that to our parents, right? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm waiting to find out how my, my daughter embodies that with me. Uh, so the third step is plan. You really do have to organize your money, just like spring cleaning or putting your files in order in your cabinets. You've got to have a plan for your money. So many people spend hours and hours and hours laboring over a budget that they never do anything with or about. Mm -hmm. That yeah. budgeting, in my opinion, does not work for 99% of people. So I created a system I call automation and we just divide, divide money into categories based on when you decided to spend it. So you have yesterday's promises, today's fun and tomorrow's dreams. It's very simple. Uh -huh. So forget about the categories like utilities and personal toiletries and groceries and gifts. Forget about those. Every one of your decisions about money either is either about you've made in the past or you're making it right now in the moment, or you're making it for your future. And that's how we organize money. And people in my coaching program get a customized automation plan for them. So then once you've begun to plan, now you earn, of course you have to earn money. And so you, as a business owner, look at your key performance indicators. What are the actions that you take 
that lead directly to profit. So you as the CEO, until you have a VP of sales, you are the VP of sales. Yes. So you have to clear your calendar of all of the other activities that aren't producing profits. And then of course there's ask. So ask is negotiate or ask for things in the world, ask for affiliates, ask for business deals, ask for a discount. <laughs> I have mm -hmm. my coaching clients just go to Starbucks and ask for a discount on a cup of coffee just to build the muscle, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, and then of course there's, uh, invest, protect, is that seven? Invest, protect, uh, that's six. Mm -hmm. So there's another step in there. Uh, <laughs> so it's decide, speak, plan, earn, ask, invest, protect. That's seven. We forgot earn. We didn't get earn in the middle of there. <laughs> I did. You know, that's, so the seven steps. And of course there are evidence-based ways to invest. You mentioned that women have issues about money. We tend to have real issues about investing, yeah. um, but there are absolutely, there's so much intellectual capital and research about effective and really profitable ways to invest in the stock market. Um, it's absolutely a place where a significant portion of your wealth can be expected to grow compound returns. So I show people mm -hmm. easy ways to do that. And then of course you have to build a moat around it. So surround yourself with insurance and, and habits. And I, by the way, I don't sell insurance. So this isn't a pitch mm -hmm. for insurance. Um, but for, for example, an umbrella policy could mm -hmm. really save your hide if you get into a couple of particular situations, right? So you want to make sure that you, you surround yourself with that ecosystem of things that's going to protect what you've built. There you yeah. go. Seven steps to wealth. I think I just missed earn in the, I think the earn was when you were talking about if you're VP of sales, you know, then make sure you're so. getting the business. I just was, I was getting into that, but I was tying it in with the ask. I think it's, it's a great way to look at it. And, and I think that, um, you know, since I work with so many entrepreneurs as well, you know, there's always this sense of, you know, where do I need to be running, running, running in my business, kind of like running on the treadmill to earn, earn, earn. And all of us, no matter what we're doing, whether it's to spend time on our marketing plan, it's to, you know, to work on our sales plan and strategy is to stop and think and plan. And, and there's not much more, not much better you could do for yourself than spending time focusing on how your financial future can benefit it from a today and tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, money is one of the fundamental areas of human concern. And, you know, you have your family, you have your health, you have your education, you have who you are in the world, like in your community and money and spirituality are, are a couple of those concerns. And if you're not paying attention to money, your the life is sort of off balance. There's a piece mm -hmm. that's missing, right? And then sometimes people come to me after it's too late, unfortunately. So they're 70 years old and they have nothing yeah. saved. And it breaks my heart to say, there just really isn't anything I can do for you. You're going to have to figure out a different way. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, my invitation is to really get focused on that fundamental area of human concern, just become a wealth builder. I hate to say before it's too late, but in time, yeah, <laughs> in a harmonious time in your life. And that time may be now. Yeah. I love that. And you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it is hard to say before it's too late, but it can be if you keep putting it off and off and off and you don't face it or deal with it before, not just because it puts you in a bad situation, but just even if you have enough, it may not be the life you want to lead for throughout retirement if you haven't built enough wealth prior to that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And at that point, your, your options are limited. Yeah, absolutely. Hillary, great information. I really value it. And if, we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they're like, 
I need to work with this woman. What's the best way for them to find you quickly? Sure. If you have room in your podcast lineup, check me out at Profit Boss Radio. And then you can find everything I do on the internet at hillaryhendershot.com. That's Hillary with one L and two T's, hillaryhendershot.com. <laughs> I love it. Most spelled name ever. <laughs> later, I'll tell you how, um, how my husband describes how to spell his last name, which is Rasmussen. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just leave that on the end. <laughs> Hillary, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I would say if you heard something for yourself in today's conversation, take this as your opportunity to really decide to leave behind the patterns of the past and to create wealth in your life. That begins with your mind. So we've offered you ways to think about your money in, in new ways that can grow it today and just take action, get out there in the world, take action on that possibility. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your motivation and inspiration. It has been a pleasure having you on our podcast today. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.